I planned to go to law school after I graduated, but uh, looks like my folks won't have enough money to put me through college. Well, the world needs ditch diggers, too. Entrepreneurship, scaling business plans. Then I became the CEO man. Are you ready to be mentored by some of the best minds in entrepreneurship in the world? Then you're listening to the right podcast, Ditch Digger CEO. We're going to be interviewing CEOs and founders who will be telling their amazing, rags to riches stories. These entrepreneurs who dominate the industries they serve will be sharing the secrets to their success. We'll be talking to millionaires and billionaires. Many who started with nothing. You're going to be mentored with golden nuggets of shared experiences from my guest, whose time is worth thousands and even tens of thousands of dollars per hour. I started in the paving business right out of high school. And with no college education, mentorship has been my education of choice. I started over 25 companies in the last 20 years, have generated over $1.5 billion in revenues. My guarantee is this. If you listen to Ditch Digger CEO and you want to be more successful, you will become more successful. The secrets of my success and for many of the world's greatest business leaders will be revealed. Let Ditch Digger CEO mentor you. I'm so, I was so excited about this trip and what, you know, what happened, the people I met, the innovation I saw, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, everybody I talked to, like, oh, you got to hear about this. Well, I don't have time, enough time to talk to everybody and tell everybody all this stuff, so I'm going to miss a lot of things as I'm talking to one person here, one person there, right? So I said, man, let's just get a, you know, the whole gang together. Anybody wants to listen, I want to tell them about what, you know, what, what happened over here. Because it's it you know, it just crazy stuff and innovation, culture, things that I, that, I, that I really saw here, I never expected to see, right? I mean, I, I expected to go there, get this treatment done, and, and you know, I knew it was going to be kind of like Groundhog Day, the same system every day. Janelle's going to experience this coming up because Janelle's going there for the last five or six days of Cheryl's treatments. But a little bit like Groundhog Day, right? But because of YPO and my, my, my relationships here with friends of mine from India, I, I had a few names of some people that, that uh, they, my friends wanted me to meet, right? Some CEOs of some companies, uh, uh, some doc other doctors there, all different stuff. So I met a lot of unbelievable people. And I found a, uh, some, some, some things here. I, I, I look at the, I, I didn't put this on here or anything, but uh, the, the, kind of the, the, when I thought about it, what's, what's the biggest principle that I learned here, right? And I think I kind of, I think I live by this principle pretty much in the last 10, 15 years of my life, but I'm not sure I always have. But it's basically, uh, you know, respect all, right, and fear none. And, and, you know, respect all, and I think it's love all, actually, is even, even, even more importantly. Because when I, when I met all these people, I don't care, 90% of the people that live in the slums, right, 90% live below a poverty level. That's, that's one-tenth of our poverty level. So our poverty level is around 30 grand for a family of five in U.S., and about uh, six or seven, eight percent of our, our families live below that. If we went to their poverty level, their poverty level is three thousand dollars a year for a family of five, right? Ninety percent live below that. Think about that. How do you survive, right? But usually, usually it's a couple families living together, right? Eight, ten people in a, in a little, you know, few hundred square foot home, or whatever. Um, but uh, but th but then we look. I look deeper and deeper at this stuff. You know, in in the in the slums, and I'm, I'm like, man, there's like. There's no danger. There's no feel of da danger at all in the slums of I in India, right? In Bangalore, around Bangalore. I'm like, man, it's, I, I feel no risk at all. And this, these are the slums. And, and these people are living definitely way lower than, than what we see in, in, the, in, the, in the slums of Chicago or wherever we go in, in, our, in our world, 
way below that, right? So how, does, how is that? What, so I was asking these questions the whole time I was there. This is, this is about where I was at, right? So if you look at uh, the map, Bangalore at, at the south uh, central of the country. Um, and while we're there, I'm, meet, I'm, I'm finding out, you know, I'll, I'll talk about culture a little bit too, but while we're here at the Ritz-Carlton, right, we're spoiled, we're staying at the Ritz-Carlton. By the way, it's cheap there. It's like, it's like a, a, a low-cost Hilton. It's $130 a night. I think it's like uh, you know forty or fifty dollars to have the, the 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 club where you get all your food covered all day long. You go in this club and you know lounge and all that. So one hundred you know one hundred and seventy or eighty dollars a night for the Ritz Carlton, and this and the Ritz Carlton there, it's probably two stars above the Ritz Carltons here. You're treated like royalty everywhere you go. I I tried to get some video of this. I didn't put it on here, but everywhere you walk, everybody serving everybody in the hotel. Mr. Rabine, good afternoon, Mr. Rabine. Janelle will find, good afternoon. They'll say, they'll say mom. You know, instead of ma'am, they say mom. Maybe she's too young for mom, but they call Cheryl mom all the time, right? So right here, but while we're, while we're here at the Ritz, they've, they've got people working here that are from all different parts of the country. And, and, and so you're, as you're asking where they're at, I don't know, know any of the names, right? I know, you know, Delhi and a couple of them, but, but I don't know when, when they tell me they're from you know, Nagpur. I didn't know where the heck that was at. But, but, but these people look a little different, right? No matter where, where they're from, if they're if they're south here and all that, we're seeing you know darker skin, right? If you're if you're up here, they look uh, they look Asian, okay? And 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 uh, but but out, out here it's kind of a mix again, right? Further go here, closer of course to, to Asia, they're more they're more more Asian looking. But uh, but every single every single person I met, whether it's at the Ritz, on the street, in the slums. Every single person carried the same type of distribution. No fear, right? I mean, they're coming up and wanting pictures of me, like I'm a celebrity because I'm a tall, kind of a tall. Well, there I'm tall, and I'm a white guy, right? I'm you know, pale white, so you know, can, I a, can I take a picture, right? Then people are doing selfies with me all over the place, right? Cheryl got there a couple weeks later, same thing. They're doing selfies with Cheryl all the time, right? Janelle's going to be, a, she's going to be a, a specimen. She's a, she's in trouble for sure. You know, she was going to stand out like a store. Average height there is probably four or five inches less than the average height here, at least. Um, I bet the average height's five, four, five, five, four, five, five. Now you got a few tall people here and there, but not many. Um, and why is that? I think it's nutrition, maybe. I think it's you know things like that. Um, but uh, okay, so that's where we're at right there in the middle of uh, the south part of India. Um, this is a, a video I sent out. Uh, we can't do the video, right? Did anybody see the video I sent out on my LinkedIn? Anybody see that? Yeah. You know, we don't have to show it. It's not a big deal, but this, this is pretty crazy, right? I'm, I'm looking at uh, construction everywhere. I mean, there's just no safety. I mean, none at all. I mean, it, it's uh, so this is a, this so is a, just click the screen. This is a concrete crew right here. How do I stop and stuff? There's, uh, okay, but anyway, here's a concrete crew. There's a guy. Look at this guy up here, right? They're going about 25, 30. That's a high, high speed in the city because it's really jammed traffic. Look at this guy here. His foot's on the back of the thing there, right? They've got sandals on. Uh, this is a concrete crew, right? That's a high production concrete crew because uh, that's a nice mixer right there. That's a, that's a nice truck for there, for there right? So, so again, you think, it's, you know, culturally, you know, you think, gosh, people must be dying all over the place there, right? I don't know. I, I guess I never, you never, you know, dug in that metric, but boy, it just, just doesn't seem safe. On the side of the roads, you know, the, the road crews on the side of the road, but the, there's no barricades in most cases, right? A couple places, there are, but mostly no barricades. There's pieces of concrete or rocks, right, along the area they're working, and, and it's uh, it's women and men both working, and women have the whole the whole outfit on, right? When it, and I don't know if I got many pictures of that. Um, so golf was pretty fun. Uh, you know, Nick took this treatment. It's about 10 days, 11 days into his treatment, we went to golf our first uh, first time there. We golfed twice there. We're going to try and get out more. We didn't, weren't able to, but but Nick golfing here. How do I do this? I go. There you go. Okay. 
So here's Nick on the very first hole, after there's you know, uh, 10th or 11th treatment, whatever it is. I, didn't, I don't have the volume up. Basically, basically, he's putting for a birdie on the first hole. It's not an easy hole, and the first birdie of his life, right? It's kind of, kind of funny. I'm like, wow, that's kind of crazy, right? First birdie of his life, first hole there. So Nick went on to beat me for the first time in his life. I mean, so, so seriously, so, so 10, 11 treatments in. Nick's problem is he's got a great swing, but his problem is he's, he's got anxiety. And after like seven, eight holes, his patient's gone. He's like, ah, ah I should never play this game again. You know, he's, he goes, I'm so terrible at this, right? He goes, he goes I, don't want, I, want to go, I just want to go home, right? I mean, this is how he is after eight or nine holes usually, right? We, this is a slow round of golf, about a five or six hour round of golf because it's a really busy course. And, and, and five, six hours later, he was patient. He had, he had no problem with anxiety. And he was concentrating. He beat, he beat me for the first time in his life. Now, he's never within 15 or 16 strokes of me in a round. Now, I, I golf probably five or six strokes wor worse than normal. So let's say 10, 12 strokes better than he ever does before. So I thought, Man, could that be this 10, 11 treatments that has, has done this? I don't know. We're, we're, the jury's still out. But we went out again uh, two weeks later, and he, he came within two strokes of beating me. And the same thing. He, he, had, he had total, total co concentration. He didn't fall apart ever, right, which is a big problem for him. Uh, doctors, we met, said, oh, it's cerebral palsy, right? But bottom line is, he was, a, he was a pound and a half when he was born, born, right? Less than two pounds when he was born. And so, you know, he, he struggled. But he has no issues physically at all. Physically, he's, he's, a, he's a specimen for a little guy, right? But, but as far as absorbing information and all that, he's, he's, he, he struggles. And anxiety struggles, right, you know? But, but I'm telling you, anxiety you'll see, you know, I think he's got much less anxiety today than I've ever seen, which, is, which is, could be amazing if that did that for him, right? So this is... Nick and I, uh, our driver, we got to be great friends with our driver. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a really smart guy, uh, comes from the slums. Uh, his house here is just a, just a tad above. Him and his brother both work for this eight-person household between the two of them. He, dri he drives a van. He owns his own van, and he charges $30 a day wherever you want to go, whatever gas you spend, gives you free water. He spends 10 cents on the water, whatever. And, and $30 a day, right? So or I'm doing the numbers to them and saying, you know, Vancatish, there's no way you, you can make more than a you know, few thousand net a year, right? He goes, well, maybe you know, with his accent, I can't do it, but well, maybe, uh, maybe 4,000 you know, net. I said, man, you've got, you got a great service here. You're a doggone tour guide for me. You're a security guy for me. You know, you're, you're a great driver. You're driving this crazy, you know, this crazy traffic better than I could ever drive, and I think I'm a pretty good driver, right? So $30 a day, you know, three or $4,000 a year net. You gotta make more than this, man. You, I'm gonna, you gotta be an entrepreneur. I'm gonna teach you how to be an entrepreneur. So the whole time I'm with him, I'm telling him how he's gotta he's got be really, really um, uh, more succinct on his service, right? The water's gotta be there consistently, but charge for it, right? Charge for it, char charge a little more so you can cover that. Uh, get good quality water, make sure it's just not something that's taken out of a, a sink somewhere, right? Because I think it might have been. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but anyway, so, 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 uh, so, so he also is like a tour guide. So I'm saying, market yourself as a you know, driver tour guide, you know, and, and, and you're going to show him the city and outside the city because he knows it like the back of his hand. He goes, oh, yeah, okay, I can do that. And so, so I said, okay, I'm going to pay $50 a day, which is still ridiculously cheap, right? I feel guilty for that. I said, so you're, so you're on course. If you could charge everybody $50 a day, you're going you're gonna to make you know, four, four or 5000 a year net, right? And, 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 and uh, he goes, yeah, I, I don't know if I could get that. I said, okay, if you lose you know, 20%, how, many, how much percent of your customers do you lose? He went back and forth. He said, maybe 10 20% of my customers I might lose with that. I said, okay, lose those customers. You got to market a little better. I said, I said, but if you lose those customers and you get $20 more a day, it's okay. You're going to make a lot more. You're going to make somewhere around 70% more than you did the year before, right? He goes, 
You know, so either way, I think he's going to do it because he's doing it now. We're paying him that, and I hope that he does, right? But, but either way, so Vankatish, we get to be good friends with Vankatish. He takes us through everywhere we want to go, the slums and all that. I said, you know, we, he goes, you, I think most people must ask this because the first day, he goes, you want to go see? I said, There's, where should we go see after the treatments? He goes, you want to see the slums? I said, What's the, the slums? <laughs> the people ask to see the slums? He said, he says, oh, absolutely. Everybody wants to see the slums. I said, I said I, I'd love to. I said, is it dangerous? You know, he goes, well, no, 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 not dangerous. I said, oh, really? And, and so, so I'm, th I'm thinking he just doesn't know what danger looks like, right? But we go, go to the slums, and sure enough, I had some, some stuff, you know, driving through, and I don't think I show too much here. I might throw some slides. But, but this is, within a few days, he tells us about a festival that's coming up. A festival, right? So we're thinking there's going to be this big street festival, right? You know, tra tradespeople everywhere, you know, selling all different stuff. Like, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're seeing all these, these uh, different parts of the town where they have uh, these, these little shops set up where, where it's mo mother, father, and kids stand, sitting there, and they're selling whatever, right? Shoes or umbrellas or, 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 or fruit or vegetables or whatever. So I'm thinking it's a, a, a new place where that, that, that there's going to be this big festival that we're going to go see, right? And so we're just saying, yeah, yeah, festival. Every, so the, the next few days, he's excited about the festival he's going to take us to, right? And, and Nick and I are just kind of going along with it. Well, he takes us to his house. It's festival day, and, and they call it, and, and you're, supposed to be t you know, you're supposed to treat your friends at your house in f on festival day. And, and uh, well, this, this, is, uh, this is at his house, and this, this is, uh, they set up this like tiered thing of, of their gods and then their food that, that, the, that, they, that, that these, the, the mother, sister, and uh, wife made, right? And uh, there's all different fruits and vegetables and kiwi and, and all kinds of stuff. And then the, the hot stuff they're, they're, they're making in the back, and they, so they bring us here. They, they, they're, they're so proud of the festival, the festival day, and what they have to offer us, right? And, uh, and, and we sit down. They, they, they sit us down in two seats, and then we're, we still know what's going on, really, right? Maybe we're still going somewhere. We're, but, but they sit, sit us down, and, and, uh, and they start serving us food, right? You know, this lady comes out with a plate, and the, 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 the sister comes out with a plate, the, 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 you know, the mother comes out with a plate, and they're one after another. And, and I'm, not, I'm a pretty picky eater. I like, you know, pretty plain stuff, and this is not plain stuff. This is totally different than I've ever seen. Uh, you're eating, eating with your fingers, and I'm pretty good at that. That's no big deal. But, but, but really, the, the food was not my type of food. And, and, and these people are like, they're looking at they're staring at you. They're, they're standing back like this. Like, like. And so, and so, 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 so I start eating it, right? And the first thing was pretty good. It's like, oh, okay, this is good. I, they're smiling. I'm smiling, right? Like everything after that. Everything after that. <laughs> I couldn't really eat, but I ate it all. I ate almost everything. And so, so Nick is the same way. Now, Nick will eat a lot more than I will, but probably 40% of the stuff he liked, and seven, looking at his face, 60%, he, he, he struggled to eat, right? But, but, but again, it's just funny, because we're sitting there, and they're serving us, and nobody else is eating. This whole, all these people are sitting and watching us, right? The, ki the kids, right? This is nephew, two nephews, father, um, you know, mother, sister-in-law, and wife. So I mean, it was just—it was really awesome, though. That 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 their you know their day was was <laughs> around us, right? So pretty pretty uh, pretty cool. And again, that that's kind of the kind of that kind of okay. So I, I said that uh, two brothers, the brother's not here; he's working. So there's one more person in the family here, uh, and it's eight. Let's say two, four, six, seven. Yeah, eight eight all together, right, in the family. He's working. He makes about two or three thousand dollars net a year. We did two of them. Two of them. They're living bigger than most, right? They, they've got, they're making you know, almost double the, the average uh, that, that puts them, you know, double poverty level, right? But still, how do you live in that? This was about, this is about a two, 250, 350 uh, square foot uh, uh, home they live in, right? One weird thing is granite floors everywhere. So even the, 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 the lowest cost places have granite floors. If they have a floor, if they're not dirt, they're granite. 
granite, there, there's just tons of granite there. The, they have abundance of granite in the ground. And, and this, is, uh, you know, this is like two-inch polished granite through the whole place, which is pretty wild. Right here it would be, even for that square footage, Dan, what did that cost? The, uh, I don't know, 100000 bucks or something? Uh, it would be expensive. So uh, this is, uh, oh, this is, okay, I got it. This is, uh, we're, we, he takes this, and a few, few days later, we want to go see the monkeys. So he takes us outside the city. We go to this, the mountain area, and we see there's monkeys all over the place, right? And, and then they have this little area where they, they have uh, different, different uh, vendors and all that, and they have some music going on. And this is uh, Nick trying to, you know, look at, uh, uh, teaching an older guy how to dance. Well, watch this guy. He's, he's not even looking. He's picking it up. Look at that. There's something with that, uh, the, the, you know. This guy's a pure Buddhist. He wasn't even looking at him. He saw exactly how he was dancing. He picked it up perfect, right? I want Nick to go out and show him a little more. Nick's too shy. So. Anyway, yeah. So at, at this place, probably about 10 times I was stopped to take pictures with. And eventually I see pictures, people, a couple times I see pictures taking, people taking pictures of themselves. And, hey, can I get in? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Right? <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Okay, uh, so then, uh, you know, it's not long after, Cheryl shows up. You know, she, you guys, some of you guys may know, but, but uh, we're there for four or five days. And then we find out that, that she's having these spells. She says, I, I had a spell again. The same spells that she had before a tumor showed up three years ago. So I said, okay, you're, you're going in, you know, you know, called Janelle. Janelle, will you take her to get an MRI right away? And Janelle says, yeah, of course. So they take her in, and, and, and our doctors here, we're great doctors at Northwestern, say, hey, you know, everything, uh, everything looks good, right? They're telling Janelle, and you, you know better than I do with the conversation, but everything looks good, right? And then we, we get the reports from the radiologist, and Debbie looks at it and says, Gary, you need to look at these reports. And I said, why is that? She goes, that doesn't look as good as they're saying, right? I mean, you know, Janelle said that they said really no problem. So we look at it, and sure enough, two places where there, where there, was, there, there was evidence of some, some cancer, but not growing before, had doubled in size, or you know, say 60 to 80 percent in size more, and one other new spot that was growing. Right? So, so, so I, I, and, and I, I called the doctor, and, and he, he, he talked to me briefly, and then didn't want to get off the phone. And then I, I texted him back and forth. I said, Hey, it doesn't look good. The, you know, this report doesn't look good. There's a lot of growth. He goes. You know, the radiologist will exaggerate. He goes, it, it, there's nothing you can do, Gary. Yes, it's growing, but, but, but there's nothing you can do and gets, until it gets big enough that we can, you know, radiate it or, or, you know, take, or, and, and chemo or maybe take it out if, if it depends on the, the shape of it and what it looks like. You know, so I said, nah, that's not, that, that's, I appreciate you can't do anything, but you should have told me that because I'd like to know that there's growth, growth going on, right? He doesn't know that I, I, I've got this going on over here. He doesn't know that we've looked into this. I'm not even telling him because it's just not worth t talking to conventional doctors. And these guys are great doctors, so not, nothing against them. This is conventional medicine, as it is, right? There's nothing you can do. So sure enough, Cheryl shows up here a week or two, a week and a half later, Janelle probably, a week and a half later after their stuff, after getting everything lined up. And uh, this is her. Um, where is she at here, anyway? Hmm. I think she's in the office over there. But she, you know, she, but she took it well. She's missing, missing our, our, she missed our niece's wedding, which is her, her favorite niece. Maybe you have no other nieces of Cheryl in here. But uh, fa favorite, favorite niece, and she's missing the wedding, right? And that was last weekend. So she, was to she wasn't totally happy, but she was, she's been a great sport about it. Um, so this is her going under the cytotron. The cytotron, Nick went under every day. And she was, and Nick had already gone probably eight or ten days at this point, and Cheryl was her first day under. This is the, the scientist, the mad scientist, who's an unbelievable guy. I'd love to get him here to talk to you guys someday. This guy, this guy, by the governor of the state, and all the, all the, 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 the I met some big, big, you know, uh, people in the state, whether they're big, big business people, uh, uh, politicians, whatever. 
They, they believe this guy is like the Nikolai Tesla of our time. You know, they, they're probably a little partially from their, their, their country and all that and their state, but you know, they look upon him as the Nikolai Tesla. He's the same age as me. Um, we got a lot in common. We're, uh, we're both, uh, uh, well, no, maybe we don't have much in common, actually. Uh, <laughs> this, this is, uh, he's totally analytical, of course, he's a scientist. I am not a scientist, right? Uh, he, he's, he's a little introverted. If you get him going, that he's, he is a loving guy, and he's, he, he's, uh, he'll, he'll talk a lot. But if you don't, you don't, catch, you don't catch him and get him to talk, he, he'll, he probably won't say a lot. Uh, but he's a, he's a good, great guy. This little girl, she's about you know, four foot five, probably. This is a uh, physician's assistant. We, they have three people that work out of these two machines, and, and she's one of them, and there's two others. And they're, uh, they're, they're either uh, nurse practitioners or physician's assistants. And they're, they're, they're like gold, man. And, and they, they don't have a lot of personality either, but I got a lot out of them. And the, and the good thing is they're, they're, they're not salespeople. So I asked them a lot of questions. I believe they're bluntly honest with me in every, every question I asked them. So I asked uh, her counterpart, um, Radish, I asked, you know, hey, what's the percentage of brain cancer you've seen come through here that, have, that have, are still alive after five years? And, and I was told by, by him, you know, we don't know, but I think it's 40%. He, he's, because uh, some that are, have dropped off, haven't talked to him after five years, and they don't know if they're still alive. They never came back, so he's assuming they are. But, but over the last 12 years that this has been going on in, in, a, in a strong way, he, he believed there's 40, 45 percent. And, and Dr. Roberto is more conservative, who's my friend who's come here before. He was on my Ditch Digger CEO podcast. He said, you know, he thinks it's 37, 40 percent is somewhere around the number that, that they arrived at. Talking to these guys, you know, I, I, I knew they'd be blunt. I said, hey, what, what, if you threw a dart, right, and you said what percentage of, of brain cancers you've, you've treated have gone past five years, you know, what do you think? What do you think the number is? And, and uh, Radish was the first guy I talked to. He goes, uh, he goes, uh, he goes uh, 70%. I think 70% for sure. And, and I said, 70%. I'm hearing like 30, 40%. He goes, nah. He goes, 70%. He goes, maybe. And maybe if you took away the people that have come too late, he goes, it'd be even more. He goes, but I think 70%. I said, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's good news. Talked to her. She said, yeah, you know, she didn't really want to answer. But she said, 60%. Maybe 60%. I bugged her long enough, she told me. All right? the, last lady, the last girl said 65%. Um, anyway, so that was good news that, that you know, no blunt. Uh, no, and, and they're looking at Cheryl's cancer, looking at her thing, and said, you know, they're, 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 you know they did, these, these people didn't say anything, but, you know, he, or she didn't say any other girl, but he and the, and the one guy read it said, we're going to get this thing. We're, you know, we're going to get it. We're going to get it, right? So the confidence level was really, really way higher than maybe I even want to tell Cheryl even. But, but it, so this is, they're mapping out the, they're mapping out where the, the issues are in her brain and, and where, where, the, where the beam's going and where to line her up every day. So it's kind of primitive, but they do this plastic over and, and she's, she's probably, she can't breathe, right? I mean, they had this plastic over her face and she, she said it was a little un uncomfortable, but not, not terrible, but just, there's probably a better way than a thing of plastic over your face while they're laying this out. So that's... Uh, there's so many. Is it, has it gotten bigger because sometimes you go the whole body? The whole, because sometimes you go the whole body in so there, right? This thing was started this wide, like a little bigger than an MRI, or a little smaller than an MRI, then it's gotten bigger and bigger. That was an old one. That was like yes. 20 years old. The first one that was 20 was many years ago. Oh, that's 20 years old. Okay. Wow. He's a talkative guy, isn't he? He actually is if you get him going. What do you think, Ben? You like it? Good. 
definitely, you know, she, the MRIs are a pain in the neck for her because she doesn't like it, that, the thing right in her face and the pounding. This is pretty non-invasive overall. So this is, this is his, uh, his, his um, complex, about four acre, three, four acres, and he's got 150,000 square foot buildings, and it's, it, they, they look like this. And he's got research, research uh, teams in every building doing different things. This guy not only, I mean, this is his medical is his passion, but you know, he's done some amazing things. So you guys ever hear, see the, uh, the thing that it, it gets, you know, people that are deaf could never, there's no way they can figure out how they can hear, right? There's a, there's a, there's a, a gizmo now that taps in your inner ear, and, and it's, a, you know, kind of a weird-looking thing on the outside of your ear, but people that never heard before, totally deaf, can now hear. Anybody seen this yet? Look it up. But uh, he, his signature is on this with, like, two other scientists. They, they pulled him in a, a year and a half or two years before it was developed to, to help finish it up. But he, his, his name's on that patent and many others. He's got about 60, 60 major patents, and 10 or 15 of them are world-changing patents. This, this is one of them. But, but uh, this right here, if you, uh, you can't see too well. I didn't do a very good job of this picture. But these guys all have sandals on, right? There's, that, that's, uh, there's, there's no hard hats or anything. And they've they got drills going on. They're welding around this thing. But this is a water. He does water treatment in a huge way. So water's terrible there. You're, the, the, general, general will see this, but the creeks and rivers and lakes are, are dumping grounds for their, for their garbage, right? So we, we look at this and we say, how is that, right? How, do you, well, how is that a good thing? Well, when, when, when poverty is this big, right, people, they don't, you don't have time to even think. As much as they love to you know, breathe cleaner air and all that, I, I believe that when you're that poor, ecology is not top of mind, right? We're blessed that we're, we, we're a nation that's, that, that's, that's in great shape you know, overall economically, you know, personally, individually, as a country, in a state, we can we can concentrate on this stuff, right? But when you're broke, I mean, how do you even care about about where your garbage is going? But but there, we we didn't get many pictures of that. But this this is a this is a uh, one of his machines. This thing will do uh, it'll clean uh, 2,000 gallons an hour of of water, the dirtiest, lousiest water in the world, from even septic to to uh, you know just really dirty waters. Uh, uh, they've, they've got places where they do slaughtering and they have slaughter uh, ponds, so blood and water mixed. They can clean that to be as clean as drinking water, which is crazy to think about, right? Um, they don't usually for drinking water when that's the case, but they can. So uh, that's uh, that's Doc again. This is in the middle of his, co his uh, complex. He's got gates. He's got a gate here. He's got guards. He's got uh, 120 or 30 people that work here. About uh, 40 40 percent of those are research scientists, and the rest of them are people serving everybody around there, serving the research scientists, serving the guests, serving the you know. Uh, He's got, uh, you think about it, when labor is a couple dollars a day, and that's about what they pay many of the people, right? It's, you can have a lot of people working, right? Um, so that's the complex. He's, uh, he, the, the complex is 100% run on, on uh, recycled, uh, uh, he, has, he has gas for the place, uh, natural gas that's, that's run on algae from the, the lake that he's adjacent to. He cleans the lake out. The lake is all clean algae-wise. Now he's got to go to the lakes and harvest it. So this is, this is Nick. See how tall Nick has gotten? Look how tall he's gotten, huh? The kitty, I just, just, I think it's this machine, but it was like, I didn't measure him yet, but we took this picture. I said, wow, he's grown. Well, then we did measure them, and she's four foot tall, and he's four foot five. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that, this is that, that, I can go past that. So this is a roller that's used commonly, okay? This is the equipment. Their equipment is not, you know, 10 years uh, older than our equipment, not 20 years older than our equipment. This is exaggerated a little bit, but their equipment is, 30, 40 years older than our equipment in the, in the field, right? So technology is not a thing. And, and Max, you know this, and, and all these, all these, anybody in the field knows this. When, when labor is really cheap, you'll see a part across the country that the equipment gets that much worse because people aren't thinking about productivity, right? 
Well, labor, you know, labor, I talked to laborers in the field doing concrete and asphalt, right? And, and they're making somewhere in the, between six and, and ten dollars a day, right? These are higher paid guys and gals, right? And, but, but when it's that cheap, right, you're not that incentivized to buy a, you know, half a million dollar machine. You know, let's say a roller might be a couple hundred thousand dollars for a roller the size, modern roller, and a, and a paver's half a million for a road paver, right? Nobody's going to pay that money. The, 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 uh, they're, there's, they're doing, oh, they're doing white topping over there, all over the place, and they're using an old, old screed, and, and the quality is really mediocre at best. This is it right here. How about that? That's next, but white topping right there. Um, like I said, the surface is, is the, the saw cutting is not do very good, right? There's some issues with it, but they're doing six-inch white topping over asphalt roads there, and uh, all over the place. Uh, like they said the quality is mediocre, but I still think it's it's going to last a long time. Well, this this guy here became Nick's friend. Nick Nick took I, I don't have this, but Nick took selfies with this with this uh, with this turkey, and it, and 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 he, he would, he would the, the turkey would be like this. All of a sudden, Nick would go down and put the camera up, and the thing would. But like lift his head up, right? <laughs> didn't, didn't I exaggerate? It didn't smile, but but lifted his head up, right? He did it multiple times. And this guy came in. He walks through the office. He walks in the waiting area like he owns the place, right? Uh, he has turkeys. He's got uh, he's got uh, rooster, roosters. He's got uh, he's got a couple cows on site. Cows are all over the place. I don't know if I got many uh, pictures of the cows, but cows are all over the place here. Um, Here's this water machine that I actually, I was on the phone with Bo Jackson coming in here because Bo would be a great guy to be part of marketing this thing, right? This is a very antiquated marketing. The, 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 uh, the, this is, you know, just looks like a regular water cooler, right? This takes water from the air. So think about this. He's invented this thing. He knew that over, this, over, over centuries and centuries, uh, thousands of years, man has been trying to, to get water from the air. Because scientists from way back thousands of years ago know that there's moisture and water in the air. No, didn't know exactly how much. Today he knows that 94% of the water on our earth is in the air. Who would believe that, right? But if you think about it, you know, you got you know, you you know, thousands of feet of atmosphere before you, right, to, to get to outside our earth. And, and you got the you know, lakes and, and oceans that are much, much, you know, not near as deep and all that. So 94%, though, that seems odd, doesn't it? 94% of our, our water. And I got an interview of him talking about this, too. I won't show you that. But uh, th this is very antiquated. And, and, and it doesn't say what this is. If you knew that you were drinking it out of a, a, a cooler, that the water was, was derived from the air, and if you knew that it was on a pH, I didn't know anything about this, and a lot of you guys probably do, but pH in your body is 7.4. And if you can drink water that's 7.4 or above, it's like an antioxidant. And most of the water we drink, bottled water, water out of this machine, um, reverse osmosis is six, 60 to 72, they say. If you get the expensive water that's actually taken from a, from a mountain stream, it might be 7.4 or 7.6, right? But this water is consistently 7.4 to 7.8, taken from the air, right? Environmentally so friendly, right? How does that not, number one, look like a 22nd century machine, right? How is it not marketed on there that it does this? So you're looking at the machine saying, I want some of this water from the air, right? Okay, so. He's given me and Roberto the ability to license this for America if we want to, right? So I look at this and say, hey, man, if we can repackage this and redo it, very little maintenance on this thing, um, and sell it uh, nationally, it could be pretty cool. And, uh, you know, Bo Jackson may be helping to market this thing. He's got a, he's got a pretty, pretty good name. Um, might be something we do, right? So we're looking at that. We'll, you know, we'll see if we, how far we go with it. So this is, uh, okay, so we got through all this. I, went, I skipped through a lot. I don't know if I'm going back, but this is, we got to Dubai. Nick and I, at, at the end of this, we were, we were supposed to stay in Dubai for a few days, four or five days, and, and, and because we thought it'd be a pain in the neck for him overall to go to Dubai. It's on the way back. 
Uh, but we, we cut it a little short because we want to know if Cheryl's going to be able to stay with Cheryl a few more days extra. Got to Dubai. We had like just, just over a day and a half to be there, right? And uh, Welcome to Dubai. So it's a little foggy at this point, but this, this is all man-made islands. It's called the Palm. It's super expensive here. So this is all on the end of what they call the Palm. If you look from the air, it's a big palm, right? So you think about this, it's got all the branches. 100% man-made in the middle of the ocean. So if you look, like, it doesn't look like much there, but from the air, it's amazing. And all these are like, you know, multi, you know, huge, very expensive places, right? Okay, this is, uh, we went out to dinner with uh, dinner, Jordan's friends here, this Carolina and uh, her husband, Anas. Great guy, great people. Um, this is a, this is a, uh, okay, so the next day we got up, you know, so we only had a day and a half, so we, went, we first went out there, uh, when we first got there at one or two o'clock, and we hit some water slides and got a feel for the place. The next morning we said, okay, we're going to hit this place hard, man, we're going to do everything, right? So we uh, got up, we scheduled a, a dolphin, uh, a dolphin uh, encounter, okay? Dolphin encounter, I didn't realize what this is. You ride, you, you, you play with the dolphin, you hug the dolphin, the dolphin kisses you, right? Um, you, they slaps five with you, dances with you, right? You jump on the back of the dolphin, and, and they show they, they do it in a way that they know is right. You, dolphin comes by, it stops. You grab it by, by its fins, and it takes off with you, right? So anyway, so we started the day with that, and then we did the water slides, and then we did we did uh, skiing inside ski, snow skiing, and then we finished the day surfing. But but this is a, is a you know Nick's like this is a, the best day. Uh, this is the best day I've ever had. This is amazing, right? So this is a. The floor, that the floor drops out. There's a glass floor. You're standing like this, straight up, and the floor leaves you. It leaves you. You're in the air for like two seconds at least before you feel anything, right? You're falling. From, this you're a couple hundred feet high here. You're falling for a couple seconds before the slide even you even feel a slide, right? And then it does a, a loop, you know, and it's pretty cool. So that was the most fun to me. That was that was that uh, slide. And there's a few other good ones too. Uh, so that's Nick riding the dolphin right there. So you grab him by the, 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 the fins and take off. You go about uh, you know, 50 yards on his back, and then and they tell you to get off, right? Uh, I didn't listen, but <laughs> I, went, I went about 60 yards. Okay, so then we finished the day. Um, so we went to the surf, uh, the surf uh, whatever you call it, for, for surf machine, right? So the surf machine, people are, 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 are uh, bodyboarding on this all day long, people in and out on the surf thing, right? And so I said, man, can you surf on it? Like, right, really, sir? Because we kind of know a little bit about that, right? And uh, they said, yeah, but you have to rent it to do that. And, and you have to have somebody out here, you know, like, teaching you, watching, and all that. So, uh, so we said, okay, well, is there anything available? Sure enough, from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock, the last time, they, they, had a, they had one slot available. So Nick and I rented this room for an hour. So, so that's, that's Nick, uh, not, not the best there. He did a little better than that a couple of times. But, Okay, so okay, here's me, uh, and, and this is this is uh, I'm still feeling this, and you, you might see why. <laughs> I, 
I'm still waking up every day. I think my neck's getting stiffer by the day. It's a week later. But I was like, I was happy that I was, I was walking after that because I heard a, I heard a crunch. You ever hear a crunch in your neck? And it's like, and I say, it was like that, right? It was you know, crazy. So uh, yeah, they wanted to get uh, you know the, the paramedics out there and all that. But uh, look at, and look what happened to my head. See the bald spot? That wasn't there before. That's 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 BS. Okay, okay. So oh oh wait oh I do I do I did go again and I and I went for uh, a lot longer this time. Okay, I want oh, what uh, shoot how do I do this? Oh maybe that's not it. Oh you didn't get the other surfing one, did you? Oh dang! I went for like 25 minutes on the other one. Well, we don't have much time anyway. I got one extra where I went like three minutes anyway. Three minutes anyway. We won't show that. My neck's hurting more and more as I watch that more. Okay, so, so, okay, so, so in that day, we went, we went uh, dolphin riding, right? We, went, we, went, uh, we did, we did the, um, the water, best water slides. And then we went to this mall where the biggest, I, don't, I, I got that in there. You took that out too? The, the ski area inside? So we skied the ski area inside. It's like a, a little over half a mile of skiing inside a building, right? It's, it's amazing. And it's, you know, chairlift inside, everything. They're built, it's so popular, they're building another one that's going to be over a mile long inside. Ski area, right? That's, that's, that's longer than anything we have in the Midwest, a mile long, right? I mean, Wisconsin. Or, so. Oh, that, that, so this is uh, where we flew to go from, from here. We went to Seattle and, and stayed. Uh, we do, went, went to the wedding, met the kids for the wedding that Cheryl didn't get to go to that was bothering her. But, but it was pretty cool. We went... When you go to Dubai, you can go all, all four ways. You can go south, right? You can go and, and around the, the earth. You can go north. You can go east or west. We went there. When we went there, we went east to, uh, through New York and all that around the earth. But when we came back, we, we came uh, from, from uh, we, came, we went north, you know, over, over the North Pole, right? It's kind of cool. But uh, it's, it's quite a long flight. Oh, this is okay. So in Seattle, I posted this the other day, too. You know, you, you got to teach teach people to catch fish, right? Catch their own fish, right? That everybody knows that saying, right? You teach a man to fish or a woman to fish, right? Right? What do you, what do, you do? You, they, they can fish for the rest of their lives, right? You feed them, right? And this our foundation. We want to think this way always, right? Our foundation. We want to do things that are sustainable. Teach people to, be, to do it on their own, not just to feed them, right? So I, so I put this on, the, uh, on, on my uh, LinkedIn. I got a lot of hits on it. But, so so I, I said, can my kid go back there and catch a fish because they're throwing fish all over, right? He said, oh, yeah, sure. He's got hands like a blacksmith. These guys think he's goofing around the way he catches this. He's not goofing around. It's like a... <laughs> this is a very famous place in Seattle, fish, fish market. You guys, some of you guys may have heard of it. Like he did on purpose, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so what I learned about India, this is the end of it? Okay, so, you know, 80, 90% of the population is in poverty. They say, I read 90, I read 85, whatever, but uh, uh, India is the worst pollution in the world. It's number one in the world. I don't know if you guys ever saw the chart. There's, there's a clean air chart for the, for the biggest, I think it's countries over like 30 million people. And India is number one, dirtiest in the world. And when you walk there, you can, you can taste it, you can smell it. You, if you have, don't have sunglasses on, you can feel the dirt hitting your eyes in the air, right? Um, so it's really, it's, it's terrible that what, what these people live in, right? Um, you know, innovation and capitalism are, are helping bring many out of poverty. So they're saying that, that you know, they, they became what they call a free market economy about, uh, you know, they, they, they 
ended the caste system, I think, like 30 years ago. You guys can look it up. I think it's 20, 30, 40 years, whatever it is. They ended it. But that caste system was in place for centuries and centuries, right? So it's not like you flip a switch and it's different. People that are born in the bottom of the caste system, they're in the sewers. They work in the sewers. I don't care how smart you are. It doesn't matter how strong you are. Your, your job might be in the sewers, right? Somewhere in the middle, you might be uh, you know, working on construction crews or whatever. At the top, you're royalty. No matter how stupid you are, you're royalty, right? The, the blessing of what this story, that, that, guy, that doctor, the scientist, the mad scientist, he, 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 he was born somewhere towards the top of the caste system. So all this research he's doing, he's, he's not making any money. He's, he's spending all his money, basically. He, he's, he's trying to monetize things now because he realized he's running out of money. Um, so so I want to help him with the water thing. The, the, you know, cancer is going to be a big, a big road. I, I don't know that cancer, the cancer thing is ever going to be solved in America with, when we have a trillion and a half dollars just in the chemotherapy industry, right? I don't know that, that we'll ever get past that. Hopefully we will, right? But it's, it's sickening that there might be things out there that are solving cancer like nothing else. And this might not be the only thing, right? But, but it's not getting here because we have so much money in this, in, in, in chemotherapy, radiation, and these things, right? So, um, but again, uh, so innovation capitalism are amazing. When, when you talk to anybody, I don't care what level, again, they're all, they're all wanting, they, they all want to figure out how to make a living. They're all, their minds are always, they're thinking about how they can, you know, make their lives better. Um, felt extremely safe in, in anywhere there, right? Murder right here is, uh, is about half or a little more than half of what America is. So again, think of America if 90% of our population lived in poverty. Because we look at our poverty, we look at our, our areas where there's poverty, right? It's bad, right? I mean, it's terrible. And why is that? I, I believe, okay, one question I don't think I have, and do I have, oh yeah, I do, okay. So, the, so, so in the U.S., you know, where, where you know, children are born in communities where poverty is, is prevalent, 78% of those children are raised without a father, right? Without two parents in their life. And probably not grandfathers and grandmothers and all that either, right? Here, okay, and 39% now, the numbers, 39% of all the kids in America are raised without a father in their life, right? That's crazy. That's crazy. And I believe that, you know, two parents, any, any, any person without two parents raising them is going to be challenged to be raised with the moral compass that, they, that, that we love them to have, right? And the, and the values we'd love them to have, right? It's, it's just tough. Not to say that great moms or a great dad can't do it, because they can. We've got examples all, over, all around us, right? But it makes it a lot tougher, right, to, to raise a kid to be a, a boy, especially to be a good, good kid that respects others, right? So, again, we look at, you know, 39% of all the children here in the U.S. no fathers. That, that's crazy when less than 2% of the children here are raised without a father in their life. And by the way, not only do they have a father in life, they probably have grandma and grandpa on both sides around them, right, maybe live in the same house. So, when you look at this, you, and, and again, when you there's there, I thought it was one religion, right? I thought they're all, I, I, I thought they're all one religion, pretty much there, right? I find out they have many, many, many different types of religion, but they respect all the religions in a big way. Um, so, so I thought that uh, Buddhist, you know, we're Buddhist, and I, I, the, the, the people I talked to said Buddhism is kind of a culture. Um, the, the Buddhists that I met, some were some were going to the Catholic Church, some were going to other Christian church, some were Muslim and Buddhist, right? So it's like, uh, I didn't know that, right? But, but there's, there's all these states that you speak all different languages also. So many of these people are speaking four or five languages, right? Um, if, they're, if they're doing any, anything in business with people outside the state, right? Yeah, okay, so, so uh, amazing, right? But again, that stat, less than 2%, I believe, is the reason that, that this, this is, so, is so much lower than, than our country, right? As impoverished as they are. Um, I believe this, the same thing applies when, when I talk to anybody again from the slums, my driver, the, the people that served us, anywhere I went, um, and I'm not afraid to talk to all of them and ask them a lot of questions, right? 
um, they didn't vary a lot in their, in their culture, in their, in their love for family, their love of their faith that, that they have, um, and, the, and, the, and the kindness that I, that I felt in every one of them, right? Every one of them I felt respect, and maybe, yeah, you know, I'm a white guy, I must have some money, maybe there's some of that, right? But I, I, I didn't think that's the case, right? I, I met so many people that didn't know who I was, and I felt really, really uh, love from them, right? And, I, and I've got two of my friends, I, I, don't, I don't run into, in my life, I didn't run a lot, of, a lot of Indian people in my life, but two of my best friends are Indian, Bijou, which some of you guys may know, he comes around or something, he's the founder of Redbox, and then Ravi Bagad, I was the best man for his wedding, Ravi, Ravi I went to high school with, and for some reason I gravitated to be friends with him really fast. But sure enough, I saw these exact same traits in them. One came from the middle of the caste system. One came from the lower, the lower caste system that get here through education, right? Um, but, but bottom line, again, is how, why is that, right? And I go back to that, that principle I said before, right? I'm very confident that res respecting, and, but, and, okay, one, one more thing. You didn't see them fearing anything either, right? You see these people driving the street, walking this, across the streets. Um, create, well, cows are, are constantly walking across the busiest streets. Goats and dogs, same way, they kind of know what they're doing around there. They're looking both ways almost, right? I mean, it's, it's crazy how, how smart cows might get. Cows are sacred. You know, heard sacred cows. They don't eat cows much there, right? I mean, maybe not at all, I, I don't think. But, but uh, uh, they, they milk them. They're seeing them milk them on the side of the street, right? And, and in, the, in the middle of the day, they go out to the island in the middle of the highway, and they're, they're eating off the grasses and the weeds in the, in the middle of the highway, right? And about 4 or 5 o'clock, okay, traffic is lightening up a little bit. They walk back across to the village or wherever they're at. And somebody owns them too, right? Somebody's milking them every day. It's really wild. So think of the trust you have to have if, if, you, if a cow is a big asset for you, or literally a big ass set for you, right? <laughs> think about the trust you have to have in the people around you, right? That your cow's walking across the street. You know, somebody could steal the cow, actually. You load them up in a truck and they have, I mean, there's just not any fear of that. So, so again, what I see is they, they don't fear anything. These little people and other poor people, they don't fear anything, and they, but they respect everything, right? And I believe it's the love of, love of their faith that, that drives those things, right? Because when we think of faith, you know, you're supposed to love everybody, right? I mean, again, I talk about this a lot, but I couldn't think that way 20 years ago, right? Just couldn't, just couldn't you know, think of somebody that's a competitor that I want to kick the crap out. I can't love that, that company, right? Somebody that, somebody that, 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 that I lost a you know, bunch of money because they purposely didn't pay me or whatever, right? I can't love that person, right? But I believe these people think that way on a constant basis, and that, that's why they, they live a better, a better life with, with, uh, without any, they don't harbor any ill will, right? So, uh, so what, what do I learn with this here? Well, innovation as well, uh, yeah, so innovation's big there. I, I, I talked to many. Many people. So these, these people I met kept saying, uh, you know, Nick had some pain in his mouth. So, I, so the doctor, the scientist, recommended the best dentist in town, right? So we go to this dentist, really neat guy, and they got to be good friends with him. Uh, so on an on a every other day basis, he's calling me saying, okay, Gary, when I'm done today, I want you to come by. I got a, I got a guy you got to meet, right? He's, he's a, he, he builds drones, right? And, and he's got a drone company. You got to meet. You're into drones. He's into drones. You got to meet him. Hey, Gary, when you come by, if you come by tonight after I'm done, come by the office. I, I've, got, I've got an entrepreneur, he owns 10 companies, five of them do business in America, right? He's introduced me person after person, right? No, nothing in it for him. So, so uh, again, you see this, that they're, 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 out, they're, they're, they're totally givers in, in many ways, right? So I met a bunch of investors, entrepreneurs, there's a bunch of things that, they're, that, that are crazy going on in the world, and maybe it's going on other places, but, but, I, but I'm seeing a lot there. There's an iRetina scanner, there's, so, so okay, there's a, there's a YPO or a CEO guy in Chicago, I, I call him, I say, Rahul, yeah, I'm going over there. To, I think you're from Bangalore. Yeah, that's my home country, my hometown and everything. So, so he goes, I want you to meet my CEO over there. So I said, where's he at? Well, he's in, uh, he's in, in uh, Delhi. I said, Delhi, that's, that's a long way away. He goes, oh, that's a couple hour flight. He goes, oh, I'm going to have him come and, come and uh, see you. 
I said, what are you talking about? No, I'm going to have him fly. Goes, so sure enough, his, his CEO over there calls me and said, hey, Gary, nice to meet you. Rahul says good things about you. I, I want, what, what day can you meet with me? Right? It's like he's, he's right down the street or something, right? So sure enough, we pick a day. He flies in from Delhi, and, and he, and he takes me to show me what his, his technology company does. But then he was, they were both really excited about a company they were the major investors in that's doing things to solve problems in health in the world. And this thing is, uh, is an iRetina scanner. They, they, there's a billion people in the world, at least, a little more than a billion people in China and, and India that have no, no connection to any type of health. Right? There's no way they can get to a hospital close enough or a doctor's office close enough. There's no way they'll pay the, the even 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks for that. Right? So how do we solve this problem where we can, we can, we can find problems in people that aren't, can't pay for it? You know, little checkups or health, uh, physicals, right? So they figured out the retina is, is it tells a story of many many diseases. And I, and I, anybody know that? The retina tells a lot of, uh, tells about a lot of different diseases, right? So so sure enough, they, they get all these scientists together, develop this business, and I, 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 I should have the name of it, but I, embarrassingly I don't right now. But they, they have an eye retina scanner that they develop. So their goal is to, to less than two dollars a person. They want to bring this to the poorest communities in the world. And, and this thing will tell you diabetes really, really good and type 2 diabetes really good. And that's a common thing there. People go blind of type 2 diabetes because diets and all different things there, right? Uh, malnutrition, all these things. But they believe if you can tell, if one thing, they, these people all have anxiety in their lives because they've never been to a doctor because they feel something going on. They're, you know, maybe I'm dying, whatever, right? If they can do these, these physicals with, at $2 or less, they know they can get in front of a billion plus people. They can get people to fund it, that you know, the communities can actually fund it, people can actually afford it in some, most cases, right? Even in the poorest communities. So sure enough, it's done. They, they, they've got a product right now It's going to go to market, and, and they're, com they're concerned well through that. So I'm talking to them and saying, hey, man, I'll tell you what, I, I believe that the, the insurance industry would be all over that, right? Because think about it, we care about the health of everybody in, in this room and everybody on our team, and, and selfishly we care about it because, man, our, our costs are going to go up, right? And, and, and culturally we care about it because we love everybody on our team, right? So either way, if you're selfish or not, you should care about health, as you guys all know here. We need to continue to focus on that. I look at it as, hey, would we pay 50 bucks a person to get that in there to, to, to do this check? Hell yeah, we would, right? This is, this is an insurance thing in America that I think it, they, could, they could make a ton of money on to, to fund a lot of the, the stuff they're doing, right? So, uh, I, and I believe the uh, captive insurance business, for sure, Mike, and I, I talked to Mike about this a little bit. I think all these, anybody that's been involved with captives, Brad, Max, and anybody here, Kim, captives, you have to make sure that you're as healthy as you can be because you're paying everything. You're not, you're, this insurance and captive, you're responsible for everything, right? So in a captive, absolutely, I, my friend George, who runs the biggest captive in the world right now, captive, captive uh, resources, who we used, right, can sell this to every company he has, in my opinion, at a heck of a lot more than $2 a piece, right, to come in and do these, these scans. It's, it's, it's non-invasive. It takes two minutes to do it and 30 seconds to spit out the report. And right now they have like, they have like 25 or 35 major things that it can find in your, in your body that, that are, that's going wrong, right? So, so it's crazy, right? Uh, so the drone builder, this young guy, 18 years old, at, at uh, 12 years old, 13 years old, he started building drones when he, when he was excited about the industry. Today he's got 30, 35 people, I think, working for him. 30, 30, average age is about 28 years old, and this kid's 18 years old now. And to talk to this kid, it, it's like talking to a 40-year-old you know, uh, tech, uh, tech engineer, right? Um, so anyway, he, he's got drones he's building. He's going to come here and he's going to fly these drones for Austin to show that they're better than what we're buying and, and maybe we do, you know, use his drones, maybe we do something with him, right? The mad scientists, of course, and Dr. Roberto are doing amazing things. I didn't go into a lot of things they're doing, right? But they're doing, now, I would say Dr. Roberto's doing amazing things on the brain, diseases of the brain. That's what he's focused on, not cancer, right? But, but 
is a, is a little like me, except way smarter, right? He, he's in a, so many things because he's so passionate about solving problems, right? Except he's, he's not an entrepreneur or a business guy. He is a crazy, crazy scientist, right, that, that solves problems. And he, he, he expects failure. So we talk, talked about this a lot, but he expects, he kind of estimates how many times they're going to fail. Eh, we're going to fail maybe 2,000 times on this act. I'm going to estimate 2,000 times before we figure out this little problem, right, to, to figure out the big problem. And this over here, we're going to fail maybe five, 6,000 times on this because nobody's figured this out, and it's going to take a long time. I've got the smartest people, but it's going to take a long time. So he expects failure, right? He expects it thousands of times. And if he can, get, if he can figure out a problem within <clears throat> you know, half the time, he's like celebrating that it only took him two, you know, 1,000 failures instead of 2,000, right? So it's pretty cool. But, but uh, so the, the uh, what else, I'll, I'll give you a couple more examples. One big example, one big multi-billion dollar business that this guy, he's got, a, he's got a patent to clean nuclear waste. Nuclear waste is the cleanest energy, the most efficient energy we can buy at this point. Better than solar, better than anything, right? Except, you got this waste that's left over. It's a problem, right? So it doesn't make it the cleanest, the best. But Nuclear waste. He's at a point now. He thinks he's clean. He can clean about a third, uh, a, a third of a ton per hour. <coughs> he wants to get it to over one ton per hour. The solution before he can bring it to market. Before he brings it to market, because he thinks he's got a product then. Well, it's a huge product. We have customers in Exelon and and and, and you know, uh, you know, people all over the world that would love to solve that problem. Right? Um, they're bearing it now, and, and it'd be a, a big, a big deal. So, he, he's he's got the cure for for clean nuclear waste. He's very confident of that. Um, you know, like I said, it'd be interesting to, to be part of that team to bring it to America, wouldn't it? Yeah, kind of fun. And finally, you know, uh, you know, again, I said this already, they're loving, compassionate people. And, and I would just imagine that if I'm going to be in an area where 90, 80, 90% are living at below $3,000, man, that must be a dangerous area to be, right? I, I would, you know, not somewhere I, I choose to go usually, but man, I know Janelle can go there. And, and my wife and Janelle can go there when they're there together. Debbie's going to be there with them. They could go walk through these slums and not feel at all at all uh, at risk, right, which is amazing, right? So, so I think that's about it. Uh, any questions? Do I get any more time left? Or I blow it all? <laughs> okay, 30, second, 30 seconds of questions. Come on, fast. Price of gas. Huh? Oh, the price of gas. It's not that much different there. It's, it's maybe 50% uh, more than here. More? 50% more than here. So it's, it's more, but I thought, I thought it'd be like a lot more. You know, I, 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 was, I had a loss for words because, you know, only a couple of them can understand English. Like, my driver understands English, uh, you know, pretty decent. Mom and, mom and dad, not so much. I, I held conversations with them, but I don't think they understood anything I was saying. <laughs> I thought I held, I, I, was, I was confident that I was holding conversations with them. I probably wasn't. But, but he showed me his motorcycle. He's proud to have this motorcycle he's had for like 30 years, that he, that, that, uh, his, his 75-year-old uh, father. Um, he was, he, uh, so he had to show me his motorcycle. It's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Um, you know, uh, Vankatish dreams about a motorcycle that costs twenty five hundred dollars. He dreams about this, and and, and so I like so let's go check it out some. So I, I like motorcycles, so we go check out the motorcycles, and and we're looking at all these really really cool motorcycles. But they're all like three fifty cc's or lower max. Think about that. that. You know, think about that, Kim. Right, three fifty cc's or less. Why is that? Why do you think that is? <coughs> they're light. They're efficient. Yep. Mileage, right? Light, efficient, and they don't go more than like 20 miles an hour in these streets. You can't. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're feel like you're going really at a great clip if you're doing 20. I mean, it's that congested. It's that, you know. And again, 
the, the, everything stops when a cow crosses the road, and that happens a lot. Um, there's families that, that, okay, there's families on motorcycles. I got some pictures. I didn't show those. I get too many. But there's families of five or six on one, uh, on one scooter. Like, uh, what do you call it? A moped, right? Families of five or six. And the driver, the father, has a helmet on. Nobody else does in many cases. That's crazy, right? There's little babies. There's, there's, okay, there's, there's a seven or eight-year-old kid in the back, mother in, in, in front of that kid, and, a, and then a, a, a one-year-old baby between the father and the mother in many cases, right? I mean... It's kind of, kind of sounds crazy, right? But it seems you know seems to work for them. You know, so so culturally, it's a it's there's a lot of things that, that really challenge your mind to think. Gosh, how did that how did they not solve that yet? Or maybe they don't have to solve it, right? Uh, who am I to say? Come on, what? Come on, throw me some better better questions than that. Adam, you're always uh, you know an objective guy. Or Scotty, come on. I thought I thought I was Nick and I were excited. We found a McDonald's. So they no, we went to McDonald's. There's no beef in those sandwiches. Uh, it's uh, I don't, and I, I don't even know what it was. I'm not sure what it was. We just ate it, ate it with a. Sm- no, there is. Yeah. Well, at the Ritz Carlton, they have regular hamburgers. Well, yeah, that's a great question, Carly. There's very little, there are very few lights. You know, it's, there's intersections with no lights, and people just kind of go however they figure out how they're going to go, right? Um, traffic pattern. I mean, you you, uh, uh, you do have people. It looks like a one one lane road, and cars are coming the other way. I mean, like 98% of traffic is going this way, and here, here's a here's a here's a car, or a bus, or a van, whatever, coming exactly the opposite way. I'm like, how does that work, right? Um, there's the, there's the policing is very loose there. If you pay them off, you can pay them off always half of what the ticket cost is. So if it's a $100 ticket, you can pay them $50 now, and everything goes away. No, no, and it's, it's known. Government, everybody knows that's how the cops make money. They make more money that way than they do in their salary, right? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to pay anybody off at all. Yeah, no, so that, that's kind of weird, though, right? There's a lot of payoffs. It's, it's pretty corrupt overall, I mean, when you think about that. But who am I to say? Well, it's, it's okay. Just like I believe in in here, Illinois, to help our state, we have to do the same. We have to we have to become more innovative. We have to we have to we have to own businesses here and, and do businesses outside our country here in Illinois, right? To be stronger economically, that's what we have to do, and our country has to do the same thing. They have to do the same thing. They, they, so so Google's coming in there. They got big buildings with thousands of people in Google, at Google, and they've got uh, Microsoft and all these people that have big buildings. Bangalore is the, is actually the tech capital of India right now. So you get all these, these tech companies from Silicon Valley with big percentage, let's say 20, 30, 40, 50% of their employees out of there, right? Um, so that, you know, that, that gives them jobs, and that's probably better jobs than, than maybe poverty, right, level. So they're making four, five, ten thousand $10,000 a year. That's better. So that's better, right? Um, but they, they have to be more, they have to be more um, entrepreneurial. They, they have to start owning some of this stuff, owning these businesses and building these businesses within. They've got all the intelligence there. Hell, everybody's hiring them, right? They've got all the best culture there. I mean, if they, their culture, if you meet any of these people, you would say, yeah, they could, they could be in our company. They, they, would, they would definitely fit in our company. Many, many people right there. So, so that's, that's all good, right? But they have to start building their own businesses from there, like Israel has done over the last 50 years, right, to, to serve the rest of the world, bring, mon- bring money back to them for defense. And actually, okay, economically as a country, they're way better than we are. Economically, this country, you know, we have we have about uh, we're close to we have over 100% of debt 
uh, compared to our, our, our gross national product per year, right? Our annual gross national product. So we have a over, we're like 110, let's say, um, of our debt uh, to gross national product, right? That's, that's a lot. China is even worse than we are. I mean, yeah, they're a little worse than us. Japan's way worse. India is only like 20, 30%. So where, you know, let's say they do, th they do three or four trillion dollars a year in revenues in, in India, uh, gross national product, their debt is, you know, 600 billion, right? Only a little more than Illinois, right? So actually, fiscally, they're very strong. So that should be a big deal. They should be leveraging that, and the government should be, you know, funding maybe some of this stuff, right? Businesses that start there and grow there. Uh, they have, a, they have a, a prime minister right now that's very, very, um, very, very uh, entrepreneurial, job creation friendly. His focus is just exactly this. Um, so there are, there are a lot of these people very excited about this guy. This, oh, the, the, the prime minister, I got to look up his story more, but from you know, talking to people there, he was, a street, he was a street vendor, a street retailer, right? Like, you know, with the family out there selling stuff. Um, you know, he, wasn't, he, wasn't, he was a millionaire for, for their standards in his last few years before he became a, a prime minister, but like barely, right? Just barely, you know, he, he had a bunch of street vending and he got, became pretty successful there. But successful there is being worth a million dollars. You know, here that doesn't get you a, a congressman's election or whatever, right? So anyway, so this guy's really, really motivated to do exactly what we're saying. Right? And, and uh, you know, but these jobs, the jobs are coming in, hey, you can't, you can't not want them, right? I mean, they're making double or triple the poverty level, so there will be more and more people that'll get, you know, get out of that poverty level, but you know, they'll call poverty then you know, probably a little six or, six or 7,000 a year maybe, which it probably should be even there, 10, 10 or 20,000, because their cost of living there, what do you think the cost of living there is percentage based ours? Anybody, any, any guesses? So if you, their gas is a little higher, right? So that's higher. But food's a little lower, and, and uh, you know, let's say food and milk and these things are, uh, you know, a little lower. And if you go out to eat, their labor's a lot less, so the, the, to go out and eat at, a, at an Indian restaurant's much cheaper. But on average, what do you, would you guess the uh, cost of living difference is from us to them? 10%. 10% less or 10% of ours? 10% of ours. Okay. Any other guesses? Okay, so the number, number I was told over and over again, what I, I looked at, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, measuring what I'm buying and I'm asking questions and it looked like 60%. So their cost of living is 60% of ours. And their poverty line is like one-tenth of what we call our poverty, right? So, you know, so think about it, that's, you know, 60% of ours, only 40% less than ours to live like that, right? But, but they live because they're, they're, they're fa you know, family units are super strong, in my opinion. They, 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 you know, they live a, you know, pretty good lives because their family units are strong. So. so who's got the solution to all that? Who's got the solution to, to, to create stronger family, family lives in our country? Can't do it by government. Government can't tell you to do it, right? It's, it's all of us that have to learn from it and say, man, I want to make sure I support my cousin, my whoever it is, to, to make sure they know that, you know, gosh, you know, Mary Wright, or that, that, that gal or that guy you're, looking, you're, you're dating and you're going to marry, I'm sorry, but I think, I think they're kind of a bum. They're going to you know, get, you have a couple of kids, they're going to be gone in a couple of years, right? I mean, you, yeah. <laughs> we just have to be concerned as a culture, though, to make sure that, that we're looking out for our family and, and, and we're, we're, we're you know, focused on these things, I think. But, you know, again, it's not something government can do, in my opinion. It's, it's something we have to somehow change, but... Yeah, come on, no more questions, that's it? I'm only 10 minutes over. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, you guys, I appreciate it.
If you enjoy this show, please share with anyone else you think will find value here. And please go to our website, ditchdiggerceo.com, for show notes, links, video clips, and more nuggets of entrepreneurial wisdom. Don't forget to follow me on social media at ditchdiggerceo and at Gary Rabine. If you listen to our show and want to become more successful, you will become more successful. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Entrepreneurship, scaling business plans. Then I became the CEO man. We're blessed to build a business in America where soldiers fight for our freedom every day. Dad's work ethic was taught from the seat of a gravel truck rolling down highway. Entrepreneurship, scaling business plans, then I became the CEO man.